Welcome to the Retro Renegades Pop Culture Power Hour. Now sit back, relax, and rewind your mind. Reminisce with friends you didn't even know you had. And if you weren't there, then this is news to you. Hey there, what is up? My name is Mikey. I'm Corey. And we are here with the Retro Renegades Pop Culture Power Hour. See, I remembered the name of it this time. Finally, after three. This is the third episode. Finally got it right. Mm-hmm. And I'll be enjoying a delicious uh, Little Debbie oatmeal cream pie as we record, so excuse my full mouth. Mm. Well, this shit is delicious. <laughs> well, and I've got a bang, so... Yeah. Yeah, we, this this uh, show is fueled with sugar and, and bang energy drinks. So, if Little Debbie or Bang want to hit us up with a sponsorship, hey, we're, we're game. You know, speaking of Little Debbies, I used to eat this shit all the time when I was a kid. Yep. And that's why I'm enjoying it now. You know, you know, it brings me back, though, to, like, grabbing a snack and grabbing, you know, it would be like Kool-Aid, and then this stuff kind of tastes like Kool-Aid, uh, and watching TV. And back in the 80s, this phenomenon happened. MTV. Phenomena. Do, 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 do. <laughs> so, MTV <laughs> happened. And that kind of revolutionized my TV viewing during certain times. Yes. You know, uh, we didn't have cable. Did you have cable growing up? Uh, we Off and on, we did. Like, when you paid the bill? <laughs> yeah, right, when, my mom, when my mom paid the bill, yeah. Or we just got rid of cable and then we had to suffer. Yeah. Well, see, I, I lived out in the country. We didn't have cable. We still don't. There's still not cable out where I live. Because you live out in the sticks. That's right. I mean, the local cable company just apparently don't think we're important or whatever. I should talk to somebody that works there and see what the deal is. But, you know, you, get, you know any connections with the local cable company? Nope. <laughs> yeah, no, you work nope. for them. You work for them, you <laughs> asshole. So, but we didn't have cable. So, when I would go to my grandma's house, she had cable. And for whatever reason, I don't quite understand why, she would have like three or five grandchildren over at the house at one time. Yeah, that's my how my grandparents were. And that's how we actually watched a lot of cables over at their house. Right. They lived right up the street, so it was easy just to walk up there and go in the back room and watch cartoons or MTV. Right. Well, to alleviate fighting amongst the grandkids, they came up with an idea. You can watch one show. You pick a show. And then the next grandkid picks a show. Then the next one. And shows were usually a half hour to an hour long. It's kind of how we do it in my house now. Right, yeah. I, I watch whatever I want. I'm, I live by myself. My yeah. dog doesn't care. You know. So, when, you know, one of, the, one of the cousins would pick something. And we'd watch that for, like I said, 30 to 60 minutes. Whatever. And then the next cousin got to pick something. And whatever length it was, it was an hour-long show, the next one got to pick, and if their show was only half hour, they got to pick two shows back-to-back. They got an hour of TV. Yep. When it came to be my turn, I would just flip it over to MTV for an hour. And it, for whatever reason, it pissed everybody off. Because I might get, you know, a dozen or two music videos. I might get, you know, one of the shows that they featured. But my cousins were always pissed off when it was my turn, because I'd put it on MTV. Yeah. I don't know why they got so mad, but they did. MTV was awesome. MTV was great. I remember we couldn't... When I lived with my dad, MTV was one of those channels that we weren't allowed to watch. Don't ask me why. Really? But I, my my 
my dad, my dad and my my stepmom were just against MTV. <laughs> I don't know if it was just because of the genre of music, you know, wasn't what they listened to, or they just didn't want us to be associate, I guess, or pick up any bad habits that you would see on TV. Right. Well, you know, if, if you think about the you know the celebrities, the, the rock stars. Yeah. They lived a lifestyle that was a little different than what we probably were used to seeing. So maybe it was that. Um, what are some videos that you remember from back in the day? You know, like early, say like 80s to early 90s. It's kind of the, say like the first 10 years maybe. 83 to 93, which would be like when it first came out to roughly when you were in high school. Um, one that I've always liked that I still love would be... Money for Nothing by Dire Straits. Okay, yeah. And uh, Hot for Teacher, Van Halen. <laughs> Dude, I could watch that video all day or even um, Looks to Kill, Botley Crew. Yeah. that's I love that. That was like one of their first videos. And yeah, that was. It's a, just a great post-apocalyptic 80s-style strip club, I guess you want to call it. With the guy, if I remember right, is that the one they had like a lot of fire? And yeah. A lot of, and they were like playing their guitars, like strolling through and yep. in their big hair and their makeup and all that. Yeah. It was like theater pain kind of era. Yeah. I think it was, no. Um, or was it Girls, Girls, Girls? No, Looks to Kill came out on the Live Wire album. Oh, wow. I'm not well versed on my, my chronological Motley Crue. I, I love the band, but. I just I, I have a hard time because I that's one of those bands I wasn't allowed to listen to. Yeah, um, and that because, went away because quickly. they 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 had the the pentagram. Yeah, the evil pentagram. The evil pentagram and the devil music. Yeah, it was uh, Ozzy Osbourne, Motley Crue, and Judas uh, Priest. You had Judas Priest with, and Metallica for whatever reason was not allowed in the house. Uh, I would sneak it in, and then after a while that just kind of went by the wayside. Metallica was like one of those bands that was just. They had nothing to do with Satanism, anything like that. They just sounded like it. They just sounded like <laughs> it. I mean, most of their songs back in the day were about, I mean, it, I would say drugs, or because you got Master Puppets, which mm-hmm. is about a drug dealer. Um, one, which was about a guy in World War One dying. Yep. Um, and Justice for All is just... Basically, the greed of America. They were very political. Very, very yeah, political. Banned, and you wouldn't think so. Everybody thought they were evil. And then you got Whiplash, and uh, which was just about banging your, you know, head banging, mosh pits, and shit like that. And yeah. um, what is another one? Am I evil? But that wasn't actually their song. That was a cover, but they made it popular. Yep. Than the original was. Right. Which is still one of my favorite albums. Kill 'Em All is one of my favorite albums of all time. Still. Yep. So, you mentioned the Dire Straits. That one, it was very ahead of its time. Really ahead of its time. It had like that that computer animation, but it was very blocky and yeah, you know, uh, had the dog. I love the dog. The dog was awesome. And then the the guys that were you the, know, the warehouse, the movers, the movers, they, the movers. Yeah, they were moving refrigerators and microwaves and microwaves shit like that. And, yeah, and colored TVs and colored TVs. But it actually mentioned MTV in it. Yes. And that was that was a big thing. It was like, almost like a commercial for him. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. I want my MTV. Well, it was like it was like this right here.
So, you know, that's what they they kind of portrayed to me. It was ahead of its time because it placed the product. Yep. You know, they, they were marketing a music video, which was new. They put the name of the market, the, the product that was going to put their music video on the air. They put it right in the song. Yeah. So why wouldn't they want to play it when every time they play it, they get a commercial? Exactly. You know, I can remember... One of the first music videos that I... I mean, I remember the early days, but one that really sticks out is Genesis Land of Confusion. I love that video. When they had all those puppets. Yes. I, those puppets scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. For whatever reason. And then the Croft puppets. I mean, I loved the Croft puppets when they were on the Barbara Mandrell show. Yeah. You know, they had Truck Shackley and the Texas Critters. Yep. I love those things. I do. The best thing I remember out of that whole video, I mean, other than the song, I love the song, is... Wrinkly puppet Ronald Reagan, <laughs> and he was monkey. yeah, and he was so stupid. Yeah, and he was like uh, he he was at one point in bed sweating. Yes, and he was like in a puddle of water and just bed. drenched. Yeah, that it scared the shit out of me because when they like they kind of fly through all these big puppet heads and that scared me for some reason. Oh yeah, that's right. It was terrifying. I the going to that same song, but when Disturbed redid it. Yeah, and they did the video for it. McFarlane did all the art. Oh, cool! From you know, he did all the from Spawn. He did all the artwork, and the video is just great. I mean, it's all animated. It looks like just like you would. It, the The song just went with that that video. Well, that's cool. And it was it just. I mean, I could listen to it and I could watch it, and just then I'd go read my Spawn comics. Right. Just because I was like, dude, this is amazing. I love the artwork. But then I go back to the to the original video, which still is a great song. I think they were. We'll get into the, like kind of the history in a little bit here, but we'd like to start to show off with memories, just to kind of set the mood. You know, I I think they struggled at first, trying to figure out what the hell they were supposed to be doing, because I don't think that. MTV necessarily went around and told all these artists, hey, we got this idea, mm-hmm. make a video. I don't think they did that because I remember a lot of the early stuff was concert footage. Yeah. It was live concert ones. footage. Um, and I do remember. I because think, that's, all, that's all people did back then. They recorded their shows. Right. And then put them on videos or you know VHS or Betamax or whatever they had back then. Right. Or, you know, just a reel to reel so people could watch it on the big screen. Yeah. But it was just. Concert that's, videos. That, that's all they had. I mean, you look at like the old Judas Priest videos. Yeah. And that's all their concert. That's all their videos were. Were just yep. old concerts. Even Queen. But yeah. you know, they did the videos and they edited them out and redubbed them on top of the actual album. Right. So it didn't look like an actual concert. But yeah, that's all their shit was. Yeah, it would be you know, footage. Well, I can remember, and I don't remember what year this was, but uh, the song The Final Countdown was popular. I want to say that came out in maybe 86. So that that was a big popular song. And that was all video. That was all concert footage. Well, what they did, the MTV featured a live concert, like on New Year's Eve, of Europe. Yep. And Europe, they're kind of, they're not really a one-hit wonder. They're kind of a two-hit wonder, because they had that song, Carrie. 
Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know, their ballad. Yep. And then they had the final countdown, which is iconic. I mean, you hear that still to this day everywhere. I played that song when my wife was pregnant, in the la- in the room when she right when she was going into labor. <laughs> what did she think of that? Oh, she hates that song now. <laughs> God, you're an asshole. <laughs> so they had this 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 uh, this concert of Europe. So I re- I can vividly remember this. It was like an hour long. They opened the show with the final countdown. Played it. The crowd's going nuts. They played a bunch of songs nobody knew. They played Carrie. Some people knew it because it was kind of a new song. Yep. They closed the show with the final countdown once again. They played it twice in an hour. Was that... Were they playing that up in um, Times Square? I think so. It was like an hour long, though. And so they, they did it. They, they bookended the show with the final countdown. Their, like, only big hit that they've ever had. Yeah. And... At least, at least over in the states. I don't know about actually over in Europe because I know they were. You get a lot of these British bands or European bands who were huge right. over there, but died off over here. Like David Hasselhoff, huge over in Europe. Right. David Hasselhoff is awesome. What are you talking about? I actually do like David Hasselhoff. Yeah. I don't. I don't know much about his music, but Knight Rider was the shit. It's all in German. It's all I know. Oh yeah, well, I, I wouldn't be able to. <laughs> Knight Rider was awesome though. We'll talk about Knight Rider sometime because that yeah. That's, but anyways. Back to MTV. So MTV, I think, they've gone so far away from what they used to be. Oh, yeah. It's you not, know? Even, not even the same channel, same the, jo- same. I don't even know why. Same it's, shit. Yeah, anymore. it's called music TV. I don't even think they use that term anymore. No, that, that's just, they ended up just getting rid of the entire music part. It's just MTV now. Yeah, and I don't understand what, you know, why they did what they did or whatever. Maybe there's a reason, but the art of the music video is kind of, died off it's gone to youtube it's gone to youtube um you still can get some on like vh1 which i didn't know this i thought they were competitors no they're the same company they're the same company yeah uh, i think they own bet also yeah they yeah, and they own uh i think fuse which is a canadian yeah uh, music channel so music videos i mean land of confusion money for nothing i can remember uh like the billy idol videos Billy Idol videos were great. Yes, they were like over the top. I always had one to a billion really attractive ladies dancing. Yes, because I think Billy Idol, you know, was a fan, and his songs were always just so, like, like I don't know, just they had like this power to him and like, and this attitude. Like he didn't give a shit what you thought. Yep, he was gonna sing about what he wanted to sing about, and he was gonna you know just do his thing. There was one Billy Idol video, and it always stuck, sticks out. It was the girl comes over to the guy's house, the next door neighbor's apartment, yes. and she's trying to listen to it. She wants to listen to a CD, and he she, he tries to unplug it, and Billy Idol's like, "You can't stop me." You that know, is Cradle of Love. Cradle of Love off the Ford Fairlane soundtrack. Yes, which yes. is another great thing we need to talk about. Absolutely, Ford Fairlane, Hollywood Detective. If you haven't watched that, yeah, watch it. Amazing. Andrew Dice Clay, which we should probably talk about him, too. Yeah, that's a whole show by itself. Yeah. But yeah, Cradle Love, dude. Yes. When she's crawling on her knees. I have that. Okay, so back in the day, like I said, we didn't have cable. So I would go over to my one aunt's house. This was about, that was about 89 that that video was around. Yeah. Uh, I went over to her house and just put a VHS tape in and recorded however long, like six hours of MTV. That video is very prominently featured oh, yeah. on that video. And I'm going to have those converted over to DVD. Nice. So that 
I mean, I got, uh, I think I got an episode of Totally Polly. Oh my God, I forgot about uh, Totally Polly. Polly Short is prime. Yes. I got uh, a, uh, they used to have guest VJs where they would, a band would come on and play their favorite videos. And do you remember the Nelson Twins? Oh yeah. They were the guest VJs for like Didn't she, two hours. They did the song Here She Comes. Yeah, Love and Affection. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they were on there. I mean, it's all these great things. One that... what it's, it's one of my favorite bands. And this is their breakout video. It was in 1989, off the real thing. One of the only albums I can listen to front to back and not skip a song. Yep. Faith No More. They had Epic. And it was, yeah, that was like a, a kind of a revolutionary songs, music style, whatever. That, that whole album. But do you remember what everybody complained about? The, the fish? The fish. The goldfish flopping around. Yes. And they, they came back, and I remember they said this. They said, don't worry, the fish is only out of the water for a few seconds, and we put him back in his bowl. And they slowed it down yeah. to because the fish is flopping in slow motion. They they got footage of him doing like one flop and then they put him back in his bowl. I was worried about the piano. Yeah, they blew it up. I was really concerned about you know the uh, piano player because he was sitting there. He stood up and it blew up. Yeah. What? Obviously, he's still with. He's him, still so. alive. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's still in the band. They did that video and then they did. Um... I think Falling to Pieces Falling to was pieces. the next one. Yeah, because he had the boxing gloves on. He's sitting there punching himself. In no, the that head. was epic. Was that epic? That, that was, was epic. epic. Yes. Yes, Falling to Pieces was... They had all the goldfish swim across the screen yes. at the very yes. beginning. Yes, It's like a big fuck you to everybody who bitched about the, the goldfish. That, I mean, Faith No More, to this day, is still one of my favorite bands. I, I, lo- I love Faith No More. They anything are... anything that Mike Patton has done from then, when he left the band, even his uh, side projects, Yep. Tomahawk... Um, Phantomos. Phantomos. Mr. Um, Bungle. Mr. Bungle. Mr. Bungle. Dude, I love Mr. Yep. Bungle. It is so over the top, and you have to appreciate the, what Mike Patton does for as a musician to understand anything he's doing in these in these, in these albums and yep. songs. You know, he sings opera. He sings Italian opera. No shit. He's got one of the best voices, but uh, we could probably do a whole show on Mike Patton. Mike Patton would be, yeah. But, so, MTV... They revolutionized a lot of things. Um, they kind of defined a generation. You know, I, I feel like there's the MTV generation that knows that they did music videos. Yep. Um, I think a lot of bands are popular only because of MTV. Well, also, come back to, uh, to uh, Faith No More. Between them and the Red Hot Chili Peppers, they were the first bands to combine hip-hop and rock. Well, kind of. Run DMC and Aerosmith. That's right. They did. Yeah. And Anthrax and Public Enemy. Yes. So Run. Okay. So that brings me to. I didn't know who Aerosmith was. I, I knew the songs, but I had no clue what they looked like. Steven Tyler looks like the coolest rock grandma today. He, today he does. Yeah, he looks like the cool grandma. But uh, he looks like the aunt that would ste- you know sneak you cigarettes. Yes. You know, but I had no clue what they looked like back in the day. So, I saw the Walk This Way Run DMC video. Which features Aerosmith. Yeah. You know, the Run DMC is rapping the, the song, and Aerosmith one is next studio, door. And Aerosmith is next door, yeah. And so I'm like, Dad, I heard this song. And, and I was telling him about it, and he's like, yeah, that's Aerosmith. And he's, I go, no, no, it's, it's Run DMC. And he's like, no, it's not. It's Aerosmith. I said, no, it's Run DMC. I saw it on MTV. I think that's the first time and, I heard Walk This Way also. Yeah. And it, then I heard the original version. I'm like, what is this? Yeah. Somebody redid it. Yeah. 
And I think that happens a lot today. But I was telling my dad, no, Run DMC is doing this song, and this guy with long hair is like smashing the wall down to, and he has with like his a, mic stand, with his mic stand with all the the yep. towel, the, the scarves hanging off of it. And Dad's like, he thought it was crazy, and then he saw it, and he was like, holy shit, like you know, this song's coming back. It, was something, it came out in the seventies. Yeah, it was a seventies song, and then in the eighties, you know, Run DMC did it. I think that that being on MTV was a very kind of revolutionary thing. Yeah. Um, I think that a lot, like I said, a lot of bands were more known for their videos than they were known for their music. Yeah, because um, they had they gave you that that certain look. They said, "Okay, I want to look like this this guy." Right. Like a lot of girls want to look like Pat Benatar back yep. in the day. Yep. And so they did that, or look, wanted to look like Madonna back in the eighties, and which is still hot today. Right. For me, I mean, Madonna was hot. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it gave you that visual of what the bands looked like, or, in some cases, you had no clue what the song was about. Yeah. And then they would make a little mini movie to show you what they meant. I mean, there's one of them that really sticks out, Luca, the song Luca. Yep. Um, the song's about child abuse. Oh, okay. But you didn't know that, necessarily, if you listened to the song. Uh, then and then you, you got those videos that make absolutely no sense to the song. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, like, which, I have no idea what the song's about. What happened in the video? I don't know. I don't know. Some, were, something melted, and yeah. then the guy came out of the water. And <laughs> One of my favorite. This is my favorite Tom Petty song. And I saw the video, and I'm like, this makes absolutely no goddamn sense. Is uh, You Got Lucky. Oh, yeah. They pull up in like a land speeder, like off of Star Wars, go in and find all this dusty, old... It's like it's like an apocalyptic wasteland. They The band shows up. They find all this old like guitars and amps and stuff, plug it in and start playing this song. Get done about you got lucky when, when I found you and all this. Yeah. When they got done, they just put the shit away, got in their little hovercraft and left. And I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> they got lucky they found those instruments so they could play. And yeah, they leave. Could, and then they left. I, I Tom Petty's videos, I think he's one that he got more popular. He was you know, a great musician. He got more popular because of some of his videos. Yeah. Uh, so he, you know, he's one of them. But we're going to talk about... Tom Petty was also very high when he made his videos, or came up with the ideas. Well, that's okay, though. I mean, you know, Tom Petty's awesome. Yes. Um, and, and I can't think of many bands that I like everything they've done. Tom Petty is one of them. That mm -hmm. I, I love everything he's done. We're going to get more into... It, it's going to be, as you could probably tell, it's going to be really hard to stick with one thing and talk about it when it comes to MTV. But we're going to try to focus on the very early days and some of the very first shows that came on to MTV. Uh, and we'll kind of give the history and, and our memories of those as we go along. So, is there anything, you know, before we wrap up this first little memory segment, is there anything that you remember particularly that really sticks out to you? The early days, Living Color. I love Living Color. Cult of Personality and um, what was it? Uh, Glamour Boys. Glamour Boys. I mean, those are those two big hits. I remember when I seen Cult of Personality, or it might have been Glamour Boys. He was wearing that, that pink. That's Glamour Boys. Glamour Boys. Yeah, he's yeah. wearing that pink like uh, tuxedo coat. Yep. With the with the tail fins on it. Yep. I asked my mom. I, I cause we were at the mall. I said, <laughs> Mom, I want this is the coat I want. And she's like, Well, I don't think I could find that coat because that was probably made for him. <laughs> and so yeah, I still never got my pink coat, but 
I think we're gonna have to get you a pink tuxedo coat with tails, dude. I would, I would wear it. Uh, yeah, we're gonna make that happen. I've got a sewing machine. <laughs> we're gonna make that happen. So, you know, you you got something to look forward to. You're gonna get to see Corey in a pink tuxedo coat with tails, and it's gonna be glamorous. So, uh, let's listen to some uh, some messages, shall we? Shall we? Yes. Okay. Let's shall. We we shall. So we'll be back right after this. Messages. We'll be right back. Hey, dude. What's up? You know, I always thought that, like, Ram Man should have been a lot bigger because he was, like, ramming through walls. And he was just a little short dude. I, I wish I would have made an action figure of that. You know, you make that. Huh. Slime Pit Customs. Huh? Well, like, I love Captain Spaulding, but I wish that, like, he was a superhero. Dude. Huh. Slime Pit Customs. You know what? I kind of wish that... They would have made like a, a green radioactive slime He-Man that was all covered in goo. Slime Pit Customs. Slime Pit Customs? What's that? Slime Pit Customs, they make custom action figures. Anything you want out of anything you want. So like, Slime Pit Customs could just make the action figure of my dreams come true? Yeah. Could they make me into an action figure? Yes, absolutely. Slime Pit Customs. Slime Pit Customs. Slime Pit Customs. Check them out on Facebook. I'm Lewis, the lifeguard, and happy to say I rescued a drowning potato today. They drowned it in sour cream. Oh, what a shame, because food's so much better when it's practically plain. So don't drown your food in mayo, salt, ketchup, or goop. Yuck! It's no fun to eat what you can't even see. So don't drown your food. I want my MTV. Call your cable company and say, I want my MTV! Turn it on. Leave it on. America, see the music you want to see. I want my MTV. All right. I want my MTV. I want my MTV. Ow! 24 hours a day on cable TV. I want my MTV, MTV, MTV! Yeah, too much is never enough. MTV News. You hear it first. All right, and we are back. Uh, so how, how'd you enjoy the uh, commercials we had there? Oh, I loved them. Great. Great, great commercials, you know, give me a lot of a, uh, memories. Yeah. It's, you know, hearing some of the things from back in the day, that's why we you know, kind of throw them in there, is just to get a jog that memory because certain things, I mean, you, you might think of something for 20 years and you hear that one thing and you go, oh shit, it takes I you remember back. that. Yeah, it takes you back. So that's what we're... Ready. Takes you back to a better time or yeah. even just, you know, I guess, yeah, better times. Better times, simpler times, or maybe back to when you didn't really have a care in the world. You yeah. just wanted to watch some MTV and listen to some music and, you know... Uh, while we were away, um, you know, usually we do a little research or, or something. Uh, Corey had to go get himself a, a hoodie because it is cold here in the uh, in the Retro Renegade studio. 
It's a little chilly today. So he's comfy now. I am. <laughs> Are you comfy? I am comfy. You look comfy. All right, let's get into this. A little history. A little history lesson. So, August 1st, 1981, just after midnight, MTV debuted with their first video. The Buggles, Video Killed the Radio Star. How ironic. Yeah, and it's, it's a great video. It's good. I don't it, it was great for the time. Yes. You watch it today. I mean, it's still a good song. Yeah. But the video is so 1981. And that's probably good. Yeah. You know, from, like I said, they didn't know what they were doing. I don't think they went around. I don't even know if this was planned. Hey, I, make this song. We're going to make a video. I know I, they said that I did some research. They were asking a few people, hey, we're doing videos. Or they would just say which, they would get a hold of uh, record labels, which which comp- which bands have out videos out that we can put on this show. Okay. And when it first started, they, the, the musicians weren't getting a lot of money. Right. So they found, they figured out, it's like, hey, you know what? We're getting very popular from these videos. We're going to want more money or you're not going to play our video. Right, yeah. They started kind of altering things yeah to basically not necessarily sell their video but to where they got a royalty off that song yep um i think that some uh some rule, different rules you know, got put into place kind of as they were as they were going yeah it's like okay no you you need us we kind of need you but we also kind of need some money yeah which yeah i mean i i, I can see so what they did in the beginning it would be basically like listening to a top 40 radio station, but instead of a DJ talking in between, you would get a video disc jockey or a VJ. New term that they coined, VJ. VJ means something completely different today. What the hell does VJ mean now? JJ. Oh, really? Vagina. <laughs> I've never heard it called that. A VJ? <laughs> VJ? No. We're, we're, you know what, that's patent pending. We're, we're taking that. Yeah, yeah. We'll spell it different. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're full of shit. I, I am. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the, the VJ, <laughs> god damn it. The VJ would introduce the video. They would kind of give you some music news in between. They really kind of struggled because they didn't have a lot of videos to play. So they were playing like the same videos over and over and over. And their 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 original VJs, a lot of them, if you watch the old videos of MTV, they didn't really have much personality. No. It was guys standing in a room all by themselves, in like dead silence. Like, all right, I am so and so. Here is more music. Yeah. Please enjoy. <laughs> you know, Duran it's Duran. Like, it's like they were reading <laughs> off a script. You know, our cue cards were behind camera and didn't really know what they were doing yet. So, because they, you know, they didn't have a lot of of music. I guess let's just run down real quick the the first, let's say the first ten um, music videos that they played. So of course we said uh, the Buggles video killed the radio star. You better run by Pat Benatar, which is a great song. Pat, I think Pat Benatar kind of got kick started because of yeah. MTV, or she not kickstarted, but her career went to another level. Yes, she was popular, but once MTV hit, it was she became more pop culture. Yes, 
She Won't Dance With Me by Rod Stewart. I do not remember that song. I don't either. And I watched I watched the video the other day, but or actually listened to it because I was working and I was just driving. But yeah, I don't remember the song at all. Never been a big Rod Stewart fan. I like Rod Stewart, but I like I'm a casual Rod Stewart fan. I like his popular stuff. I don't dive very deep into the Rod Stewart catalog. You're a Rod Stewart fan when nobody else is around. I'll listen to it when there's people around. I'll even sing it. You know, <laughs> I'll, I'll even I'll even bust out. You know, oh Maggie, I couldn't have tried. You know, anymore. Yeah, okay. I, I still don't know that song. Mag, what that Maggie Maggie me? Never, never don't know. It. You don't know that song? No. Oh, well, I don't know this one. This she won't dance with me. Uh, maybe I. It's off his ni- 1980 album, Foolish Behavior. Oh, this is what uh, kind of veered him off the path of disco and into rock and roll. Rod, this is Rod Stewart's foray into rock and roll. Oh. Yeah, the, the rocker Rod Stewart. I know one of the uh, one of the first guest VJs was Twisted Sister. Yes. We will get into that later. We I, I have a whole slew of... Well, not, I have a whole line of information about that. I, I think it says if one of the first guest VJs is Twisted Sister. Yeah. I think that's what the line says. Uh, the Who. You better, you bet. Um, that was basically video, concert video footage of The Who. Um, it's because they've been around forever and yeah. they didn't have any actual videos yet. Little Susie's on the Top by PhD. Now, you know this song, but you probably don't know this version. Tesla remade this song. Little Susie's on Top. Yeah. And that's what made it popular. But they were one of the first ten videos. Um, Cliff Richard, We Don't Talk Anymore. I don't don't know that song, but I did hear it the other day when I was you know, you were doing my notes. Doing, doing some research. I was. Research for the show. That's awesome. Which is very rare. I'm glad one I just of us I pulled does. I just I usually just pull shit out of my ass and just off of memory. Yeah. But MTV's been around pretty much as long as I've been alive. Right. And a lot of the stuff I just didn't no. You don't remember. Yeah. You know, or you remember, but you don't recall. Yeah. Uh, Brass in Pocket, which I love that song by The Pretenders. Oh, yes. Uh, that was one of the first. And that was actually, uh, I think that the the success of that song propelled that up the charts. It had been around mm-hmm. since uh, 1980, the song had, but it actually went up the charts a little more when MTV started MTV playing. MTV started, yeah. Yeah. Time Heals by Todd Rundgren, um, which that's... Yeah, I don't know that one at all. Todd Rundgren, interesting story. Uh, Liv Tyler yeah. thought that Todd Rundgren was her dad for many, many years. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, because that's who her mom was, was you know, kind of mm-hmm. shacked up with or whatever. And then she saw Aerosmith on TV, and she was looking at Steven Tyler and kind of like, Mom, I look like that guy in her own goes, well, let me tell you a story. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that, as far as I know, that's how it happened, but she, I've heard she thought Todd Rundgren was her dad. It was 1976. Yeah. Everybody was going to Aerosmith. Wait, no, that was Days of Confused. Yeah, Days of Confused, they were going to Aerosmith. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's probably how Liz Tyler was conceived. They, all, they were in Texas and all went to Aerosmith. Yeah, that's possible. Uh, Take It on the Run. By REO Speedway. That's a good song. That's a great song. Take it on the run. A little history of MTV. Technical glitches. They played that. Take it on the run was the first concert video. 
ever to air on MTV. But it was only aired for 12 seconds, and it got interrupted by technical difficulties. So the first time they tried to play a concert video, they fucked up. Way to go. Way to go. And REO Speedwagon suffered. Ugh. I mean, I don't think that they lost. They don't. They, they yeah. didn't suffer much. They, they, yeah, they didn't lose any any stride. And then Rock in the Paradise rounds out this list. That's why Sticks. They. I don't remember the song necessarily. If I heard it, I might. Yeah. But no. Uh, I mean, I, I like Sticks. You know, it's. But I'm not a huge Sticks fan, so I can't name all their their titles. Yeah, I'm not familiar with all the titles either. I, I like the band though. Um. So as I'm dropping notes everywhere. I. Uh, so other. And that doesn't belong there. Other bands that, you know, kind of were in the early days. And I wanted to mention this one earlier when we were talking about bands that their videos kind of uh, propelled them to a another level or they became, the videos became just as popular, if not more popular than the band. ZZ Top. Yes. ZZ Top. I mean, great band. They've been around since the 60s, I think. So, yeah. I think 68. Late, late 60s, yeah. early 70s. And the thing is, nobody ever saw them. They did not play concerts. They just recorded and yep. and put out music, and so and they didn't have beards back then. They either. did not have beards. And even the early MTV, they didn't have beards. They had little beards. Yeah, yeah, they had short beards. And then all of a sudden, they you know, they both noticed that they had grown these long beards, became their trademark. Yep. MTV. All of a sudden, they popped up on MTV. It's these two guys that look alike with long beards, and one guy without a beard whose last name is, is Beard, beard which, yeah, which which is, is ironic. Kind of weird. And then ZZ Top, I think, at least from my memory, they were the first band that incorporated very cool imagery in their videos. Yes. They had that car, the Eliminator car, that is just, I mean, iconic. Yep. And they their sold... ZZ Top key ring. Yeah, the, the key ring that always got passed around yep. or, or disappeared. or And they had the spinning guitars that were fur-lined. Oh, those things were awesome. Um... And they always had women. Women. I mean, they sold sex. And I think that that's one of the first videos that actually did that. You know, the first bands that actually said, hey, you know what people like? Rock and roll, cars. And hot chicks. And, and, and chicks. Let's put them all in a video and let's, you know, let's do this. I think that while they were a great band to begin with, they're one of my favorites, I think that MTV took them to another level. Yeah. Now, the... Kind of interesting thing is because they didn't have a lot of bands and, and material to draw from, they expanded. They were just like kind of pop rock. Yeah. Well, then they started reaching out to like uh, R&B artists. Michael Jackson was one of the first. He played, uh, I, think, I think he was the first black artist to play on MTV. I think so. And they played Billie Jean and Beat It off of Thriller, which had come out the year before. Yep. I can remember that. Uh, Billy Jean, where he walked and the sidewalk lit up. Yeah, and he like touched the lamp pole and the yeah, light, light lit, lit up. up. I tried that shit, and nothing ever lit up for me. It's because you weren't as cool as Michael Jackson. <sighs> Apparently not. I always tried it though. I, but you know, I, did, I still you know, other than Michael Jackson, whose careers, I mean, helped helped launch their career. I mean, Michael Jackson, he could have probably been just as popular without the videos. Probably, but MTV helped it. Weird Al. Yes. Yes, weird. Because he he was always right on the tail end of like Michael Jackson's coattails. Yep. And if Michael Jackson came out with a video, Weird Al did the same video, but in a Weird Al esque. Weird Al needed 
MTV. Yes. Um, he's a he's a visual artist. Yes. As long, I mean, he's got the great lyrics, the great goofy lyrics, but, I mean, you got, like, the song Fat or Eat It. Eat It, yeah. Or Another One Rides the Bus, which is his first video he yep. ever did. Yep. In a bar. Mm-hmm. And it was just him, his accordion, and I think some cymbals. Yeah. And that was I think his first song. It might have even been in a subway. I, I think it was know. his first hit. Yeah. 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 Weird Al, I mean, definitely benefited. Yes. Um speaking of, you know, where they kind of reached out, and this is another iconic memory in my mind, uh, and I used to be friends with, I guess, this iconic item on Facebook. I don't even know if it still has a Facebook page. Do you remember the video that Lionel Richie had for Hello? Yeah. And do you remember that that gigantic clay head that the girl made with a gigantic forehead? Yes. That clay head had a Facebook page at one time. Oh, shit. The clay head from the Hello video, and it would respond to you. It was fucking hilarious. But that, just the way that they did that video, that was one of the first ones that I remember that they actually cut into the song and had dialogue. Oh, They they interrupt the song, and they're like, hey, you probably should come see this. And they actually talk during the video and break the song and then start the song back up later. Oh, nice. Um, So that's one of the first ones that I remember. They, there were some newcomers that kind of took off. Like you said, Madonna, Cindy Lauper, Cindy Lauper, Duran Duran, uh, which I remember the, the reflex video where the tidal wave comes out of the oh, video yeah. screen. Um, they renewed the, the careers, I guess, of uh, Tina Turner and Peter Gabriel. Yep. They kind of changed, I mean, they changed everything. They, they made it to where a band had to look good. Instead yeah. of just sounding good, they had to. If you, yeah, if you, if you didn't have that certain look that they were looking for, or wanted kids to go after, you weren't getting a video, or no. you were getting played in the middle of the night, like at three in the morning. Right. You didn't get prime time. You didn't get, you know, what you wanted. Basically. Yeah. You know, they didn't play nice. Now there were five VJs in. Uh, you know, back in, in... The original five. The original five. So Nina Blackwood, Mark Goodman, Alan Hunter, J.J. Jackson, and Martha Quinn. There was another one named Meg Griffin. Yeah, but, shut up, Meg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what she did. She decided that she wanted to be a DJ rather than a VJ, and she shut up. She's like, nope, done. Dude, I, had, I had the biggest crush on Martha Quinn. You still do. I still do. She's still, yeah. she's still a very attractive woman. And if Mar- Martha, if you're listening, hi. <laughs> hi. Hi. <laughs> this is going to be a, another Shawnee Smith. Yes. Yeah. Hi, hi. Shawnee. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go over here. Yeah, I'm going to stand over here and look at you for a while. <laughs> yeah. Well, our, our experience meeting Shawnee Smith from the Saw franchise. So, they said that, uh, that like, the early bands, they, they ranged... From like Adam Ant, Brian Adams, Blondie, The Eurythmics, Culture Club, Split Ends. I don't care who you are. I like Culture Club. I yeah. love Culture Club. Love Culture Club. Prince. I love Prince. Prince. Prince oh is, my God. Yeah, Prince is up on my top five. Uh, Van Halen was a, a big, you know, like metal or, or yeah. you know, hair band. Uh, bon Jovi, Rap. Van Def- Halen was one of those first ones to bring in synthesizers. Yep. Yep. And, and to mix it with mix it together. With rock. Yeah. Yeah. 
uh, let's see, Rat, Def Leppard, Guns N' Roses, The Police, The Cars, and Weird Al Yankovic, they mention here. Weird Al had several specials on MTV. He was a, a guest. Oh, yeah, I remember uh, that. Al TV. He would do Al TV. Um, and then he did UHF, which is amazing. Yes. I love, that's a great, great movie. So, MTV became kind of a, I guess, not dumping ground, but kind of a mix of different genres for a while. Yeah. You know, they had their rock and roll, their pop, they had the R&B, they had rap, and do you know what the very first country music video ever to play in MTV was? Oh, I do. Um, I just, God, who was, it was, um. I can't remember off the top of my head because I just listened to that the other day. It was Juice Newton, Angel of the Morning. Oh, wow. That's not so, what I was thinking of at all. Yeah, Juice Newton, Angel of the Morning. That uh, that was her third video, or that was only the third video by a female artist, solo artist, to play on MTV. Pat Benatar and Carly Simon were the other two. You know how you misunderstand lyrics sometimes. Oh yeah. As a kid, I had listened to I still Angel do it today. Oh, so do I. It's I mean it's kind of a humorous thing now. Yeah. But as a kid, Angel of the Morning was that Juice Newton cassette tape was like on regular rotation at the at the house, and so you know the song Angel of the Morning. Just call me Angel of the Morning. Yep. Baby. Just touch my cheek before you leave me is I believe the the lyric. Oh yeah. Yep. Just touch my cheek. I'm singing along one day, and my mom looks at me and says, what the hell did you just say? I thought it was, just call me Angel of the Morning, baby. Just brush my teeth before you leave. <laughs> and I, I thought, you know, what a... Um, I have that same thing, but it was Def Leppard's, yeah. um, pour some sugar on me. I thought they were saying, pour some sugar on bread. I'm bread. Yeah. I'm like, you know, eight, nine years old Ain't or whatever. Had a sugar sandwich. <laughs> like, pour some sugar on bread. And my brother's like, In the name of love. You dummy. No. <laughs> In the name of love. No, I just thought, you know, hey, this song's about a guy sneaking out, you know, on some girl, yeah. apparently. And what a kind gesture that before you leave, before you ditch her, in the morning, you know, before you sneak out, you brush her teeth. Brush her teeth for her. That's that's just a nice thing to do. Hey, babe, I'm gonna go out and go get some side tail. Let me brush your teeth before I go. Though. Yeah, yeah. I'm out of here, but here, let, me, let me brush those teeth for you. <laughs> there you go. You ain't got to do that. I got you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, that's God. my dumbass. Oh shit. So the uh, early early guest VJs, Adam Ant. Uh, Billy Idol, Bill Collins, Simon LeBon, and Nick Rhodes of Duran Duran, and Tina Turner as far as musicians go. Then they would bring in comedians. Yep. Eddie Murphy, Martin Short, Dan Aykroyd, and Stephen Wright. Oh my God. I would, I, I would need to dredge up some of these. Do you remember Eddie Murphy's song and video from the 80s? Oh yeah. My girl wants to party, party all the time, time, party all the time, party yeah. all the time. Eddie Murphy was a terrible singer. But, man, he had Rick James in the video. I mean, man, it, what a great video. I think Rick James produced that video. Rick James produced the album, I yeah. believe, yeah. Which probably he shouldn't have done, but... 
No. Yeah. And he was, he was Rick James. Him. He didn't care. Yeah. Yeah. Rick James don't give a shit. Now, there's another piece of pop culture that we both love, we are both huge fans of, that MTV gave not birth to because it had been around forever, but took it to another level. In 84 and 85, respectively, MTV aired The Brawl to End It All and The War to Settle the Score. These were WWF wrestling uh, oh, yeah. specials. Now, they didn't necessarily play the entire card of matches. I think they only played a couple matches. I think, yeah. You know, it was, it was an like hour. the week before or whatever. Yeah, but there were two specials. The first one, uh, the brawl, was Wendy Richter beating the Fabulous Moolah for the women's title. And then there was some hijinks that ensued, which led to the war that settled the score, which was Hulk Hogan defeating Roddy Piper. Roddy Piper and... Uh, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff and Cowboy Bob Burton yep. were attacking Hogan after the match. Mr. T, popular star of the day, was in the crowd. He jumped over the barricade. He helped Hulk Hogan. Hogan. What this did was set up the very first WrestleMania. Yep. And it led to uh, the Rock and Wrestling Connection, which was in the oh, 80s. Oh, yes. Dude, the, we had all the all the wrestlers singing. The, well, the wrestlers singing, and Cindy Lauper was on... Uh, uh, Wendy Richter's manager. Yep. She was Wendy Richter's manager. She was on all t- the TV all the time. Uh, Captain Lou Albano was in Cindy Lauper's videos playing her father yep. all the time. That ushered in that rock and wrestling era and set up the first WrestleMania. Which gave Hulk Hogan his weird music video. Yes. There was a couple of them that were bizarre. But, so wrestling and MTV kind of went hand in hand in the early days. Yep. Um, and they did actually. Because they were both, they were both pop. They were both. They both came up about the same time. Right. They both we, got popular. Yeah. Right. At the same time. Um. Then, they started branching out, because just having music videos playing all the time, apparently got boring. So they introduced in '86 uh, Dial MTV. I remember Dial MTV. My mom would never let me call it. I never got to call it. Well, I never got to watch MTV. I think I think it was like three dollars a minute or yeah. some shit. It was some weird nine hundred number. Well, it was it was eight hundred. It was eight hundred Dial MTV. Oh, that's right. Yeah, uh, but you could request a video, and it evolved throughout the years. It was MTV's most wanted. Then it was Total Request Live, uh, and then it, that just changed to TRL, and the phone number was active until two thousand six. Oh shit! Yeah. So you could call that number and get a hold of somebody until 2006, which is pretty cool. They had, you know, other shows, 120 Minutes, which was like the alternative rock, the underground rock. Uh, they had uh, Yo! MTV Raps, which... Then they had MTV News. The, it, with Kurt Loder. Yes. And I, for years, I thought he owned MTV. I thought he was the, like the big, <laughs> big man of MTV. <laughs> I'm Kurt Loder. Welcome to my channel. <laughs> this is MTV. I, I can still... Hear that little bass line. Like MTV News. You hear it. Doom, 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 that Megadeth boom, boom. Yeah. yeah like, doom, 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 doom. And then they would have the little radar thing going. Doom, yep. Doom. I loved. I, I learned a lot about bands that I liked on MTV on News. MTV News. Yeah. And I learned of some bands. Uh, one band that nobody knows, Dash Rip Rock. I learned about them on MTV oh, News. Oh, shit. I've, yeah, I've never heard of them. You dig them. They're really cool. They're, they're kind of weird Cajun rock. But... I, they, they did a special on them, you know, like a two-minute little yeah. blurb of them, you know. Hey, here's this band, they're up and coming. They 
never really hit it big, but they did hit it. They made it on MTV. I wish they do still do stuff like that now on MTV because people still watch MTV. Yeah, I mean not for music videos, but just for whatever's on the yeah the real world, the real world of Jersey like Shore, Sweet or Sixteen yeah. or whatever the hell it's called. You know, if they still did MTV News and did stuff like that, say hey, you know what, we've got this, we've got this coming, check these bands out. Yeah, or even you know even YouTube could do something like that. Right. I mean they they I guess they kind of do it a, to a T. They give you a little. T- you know, teaser videos, it's like, you know, featured artist or whatever, but it's not really catching any, catching my eye. No, I don't know where to find it. No, but, you know, give us something. There's more, there's more to music out there than the top 40 hip hop or the top 40, you know, R&B or whatever. Yeah, the top 40 adult contemporary or rock and roll radio But that's what sells, that's what's always sold. Yeah. I mean, even since early 80s, because like you said, it started out with these rock and roll poppy videos, Mm -hmm. and then it went, you know, it got more of the glamorous, glam rock, hair bands. Right. That's what was popular then, so that's what they pushed. And now it's back, it's almost become full circle again. Yes. With your, you got your your hip-hop, your, um, you know, just your your poppy music again, but it's a different, I got almost, it's the same, I guess call it the same genre, but it's a different style, but it's almost the same. Right. Right. It's, it's the same thing, but they've twisted it. They've, they've evolved. Yeah. Evolved with the time, I guess. I wish it was something. It's, in, in my mind, MTV kind of stepped in. It used to be a big thing to be on the cover of the Rolling Stone magazine. Yeah. There was even a song written about it. Dr. Hook and the Medicine Show wrote about being on the cover yep. of the Rolling Stone. I think that in the 80s, it became... I want to be on MTV. Mm-hmm. And I want to be featured on MTV. Not just my video played. You know, yeah, my video's on there. I made it. Now they're talking about me. Or I'm a guest on on this show. Or now I'm on MTV News for as long as it was for something good. You yeah. Know? Um, which usually, I don't think they did a lot of slanderous stories on there. No. It, no it was they stayed always, away a little political shit. Yeah, they, they... Unless something bad actually happened to an artist. Well, yeah. Or... You know, or like when St. when Princess Diana died, they talked about that. Right. Um, but it was never anything presidential or no. like how it is today. Right. You know, it was they stuck strictly with the music. Yeah, it was it was music. There was no, I mean, they would do like rock the vote. Yeah. But that wasn't go vote for so and so. It was just go vote. Yeah. You know, where they would talk about you know that we're gonna go inside the the making of. This video, yes, and I loved the when back, they did you know, that. behind the scene videos. I loved it when they did that. Um, there was just a couple of shows that we kind of because we have to kind of pare this down to something more manageable. There, oh, I did want to mention one thing that fits perfectly with what we're doing right now. Early, uh, early VJ host Adam Curry, yeah. Do you know what Adam Curry invented? No, or or maybe not invented. But really helped bring to the forefront and helped build a network of how to get it to the people. Podcasting. No shit. Yes. I was going to say wagon wheel. Wagon wheel? He invented the wagon wheel. No, he did not. Oh, okay. He did not invent the wagon wheel. He did not write the song wagon wheel. Was that the cracker guy? Uh, Hanker for a hunk of cheese? Yeah. No. (laughs) And it it was not uh, Hootie and the Blowfish either. (laughs) Hootie. Uh. I, I did like Hootie and the Blowfish's Burger King commercials. Yes. Because yes. it, made, it made me want to go get a 
Western Spi- Whopper. Western Whopper or yeah. Spicy Tender Crisp. Yes. And I still eat those today. Cause those are, thanks, Hootie. <laughs> thanks, Hootie. I'm fat now because of you. <laughs> so, like I said, they, they put out MTV Raps, Yo! MTV Raps, um, and basically made the career of MC Hammer, Vanilla Ice, LL Cool J, Queen Latifah, Salt and Peppa, Tone Loke, uh, Sir Mix-A-Lot. They, just by having that visual out there, it brought them... To the popular eye, yep. and I mean, I they they probably with their their they, with the music being catchy and being you know rock me Amadeus, rock me Amadeus. Oh yeah, Falco, Falco. I do. I love Falco. I don't care anybody says Falco's awesome. But, um, we, you know the the music would have would have made it on its own, but having that visual and seeing people dance to the music or seeing people you know react the crowd yes. reactions, I think really helped out. Which which why. If you ask anybody, I mean, even like our parents, they say the 80s were awesome. The 80s were awesome. Because it was full of color and vibrance and new things coming out. Yes. And new Coke and Doritos and everything new, else. New, like Coca-Cola or cocaine? Both. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, I, mean, cause I was talking to my mom about this the other day. And she says, you know, like she grew up. She grew up in the '60s and the '70s, and she was in her '30s when the, in the '80s hit. And she says the '80s were just a phenomenal, great time. It's because everybody was just happy. Yeah, it was. I mean, they it was had, exciting. Yeah, it was just everything was new. Like I said, you had you know cable finally came out, which was been around for since the late '70s. Yeah. But then you had all these new channels, like the, you know the MTV and all these new new styles and the way people were dressing and you know all these you know the arcades and shit like that was everything was booming in the 80s well and you didn't have to wait for you know like you would see a a a trend or a hot look or a band would be on the east or west coast yeah and then a year later it It was in the midwest it would hit us yeah with things like mtv you saw it as it was happening yep and it became more instantaneous. You know, I like that style. I'm going to go find that. I can't find it. I'm going to have it made. Or and I'm going to make it. A lot of stores here didn't sell a lot of the stuff. No. But you, like I said, you could have it made. And it's not, it wasn't as easy as it is today as to get online and say, hey, I want this. I need these outfits. Right. You would actually have to do your research. You have to find a catalog. Find a catalog. Write to somebody. Yes. Right. Actually, a pin, call them or paper. write a letter. Yeah. And it would be weeks before you would get a response, if not mm-hmm. months. Yep. Yep. To before you get your whatever you ordered, or even going shit overseas. I uh, yeah, I can remember doing that too. Yeah. So, we wanted to talk about a couple of shows, um, that, you know that, we, you might remember from the early 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 days. And this one was kind of revolutionary. Remote control. What do you remember about remote control? I remember the the entr- the, the theme song. Mm-hmm. It was like he starts out as a little kid and is he's sitting there playing. He's watching his TV and he goes like he's a teenager. And his girlfriend wants him to go do something. He's like no, and he pushes the button on the remote control uh-huh. and she disappears. She disappears. So yes. he can still watch TV. Yep. Yeah. So. It was part game show. It was part comedy show. Um, and I think most of their questions were about music videos. They had some about music videos, some about television, yeah. Yeah, TV shows, things like that. 
But yeah, there there was a very heavy influence of MTV on the show. Um, like they had the Bon Jovi Network. Yes. Uh, other chan- the, the categories were all channels that they would have to push yep. on the remote control. Uh, and they had them big, giant, old school remotes. Yes. Which was like their buzzers. Yes, that was their yeah. buzzer. Uh, they had the Brady Physics, Deader Canadian. Um, Deader Canadian. Deader Canadian, yeah. That's a great topic. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, the, interestingly enough, they I always thought it was funny. They always had a lot of funny, oh, yeah. funny responses on there. Uh, some of the writers included Colin Quinn, Dennis Leary, and Adam Sandler. No shit. No shit. That was, you know, I, you know, I just, I could, I could see this, you know. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of them, but that was like part of the team of writers at one point. Was were, were those three? Wow, I thought. Well, that helped launch Colin Quinn's career. Probably helped launch all their careers, actually. Well, yeah, and because uh, Adam Sandler came out shortly after that on SNL. Yeah, um, Kurt Ober was the uh, was the host, and Kurt Ober went on to be a VJ for a while, and then. I don't really know what else he did after that. I haven't, you know. Did he turn into Ricky Rackman? He might have. He kind of looked like Ricky Rackman. A little yeah. heavier. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe lost weight. Uh, so they they went through. They answered questions, and then they would eliminate a guest. Didn't they like like? Wasn't it? Um, I think if they eliminated a guest, I can't, I can't remember if like the the house opened up and they went behind them. Yep. And it closed them off. They were sitting in in giant recliners. Yes. And when they would eliminate one, or you kick them up, they, it would either flip up and dump them out backwards, or the wall would open up and it would suck yep. them back into the wall. And then they would bring the recliner back, and there'd be a skeleton, like a smoking skeleton, yeah, like they had killed them off. Then, well, after they eliminated a guest, then they would uh, have a snack break, and they would treat them to a snack. And it would dump on them, and it yes, yes, <laughs> that's right. Oh my they god, would, dude! They would they would uh, give them a bowl, and then all the food would fall on them. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're a couch potato and you don't want to get up. Yeah. Uh, or they would hit him with a pie in the face. Or they always had the, the host. Yeah. And the host the hostess, the girl, would come out and like deliver him food, but she would throw it at him. Yeah. Um, and Colin Quinn was a comic relief, just an asshole in the corner. Yes. Yeah. There, there was or always, they would ask him a question. Yeah. And he'd be a smart ass. Yeah. There was always those, you know, the, 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 the backup guy and the, you know, the side there. Um, sometimes they would have to pick a numbered refrigerator, like on Let's Make a Deal, and one would contain a good snack, and the other two would have some gross shit in it that they would have to eat. Oh, fuck. <laughs> um, and then they went on to uh, their next round, which was off the air. Off the air, the lights would flash, and the contestant in the last place would get kicked out, and they would, you know, say, sing to them, na na na. Hey, oh, that's hey, right. Goodbye, yeah, he's singing to him every time. They would sing, sing to him, and then they would show him backstage. And then the uh, the stagehands would be pestering him, and, and you know, like basically, like not hurting him, but just annoying the shit out of him. Yeah. And they, you know, they they always had fun when they kick people off. Okay. Well, then they had the uh, the lightning round, which was just think fast. Answer as many questions as you could. It's your typical lightning round. Yeah, typical lightning round. And a lot of times it would be like a multiple choice. They would say, 
Andy Taylor, Andy Warhol, Andy Rooney, and then ask a question real quick. Yep. And you had to think of which one it was. Those three have nothing to do with the other. They would get them wrong every time uh-huh. because you couldn't think that quick. Then they'd boot another player off. They'd ask the final question. A lot of times it'd be a math problem. They'd have to write down a wager, much like on Jeopardy. And then they had 20 seconds to answer, but they would give some kind of weird distraction. I can remember one time they did actually have Weird Al come out and play his accordion while they were trying oh, to do shit. math. And then they would, you know, they'd figure out who, who won what. They would win some kind of great prize. They'd go on to the, the, prize, the grand prize round. They'd strap him to a craftmatical adjustable bed. There'd be nine TV sets on the wall. They each would have a different music video playing. And they had to identify the artist on each video. Oh, that's right. But yep. the bed was spinning around, upside down, shaking the shit out of them. Sometimes it would turn off the TV and turn it back on. They would just do all they could to so that you couldn't identify nine artists in 30 seconds. And it would be roughly something worth five grand. Every, every time, a trip, a car, worth five grand. You could pass on videos. They did all kinds of other stuff. You know, it went on and on. Lifetime supply of ramen noodles. I'd be like six bucks right there. Yeah, see, there's just six dollars. <laughs> all you can eat. They would do, you know, spring break specials. They would have... I loved MTV Spring Break. Oh, MTV Spring Break was awesome. Oh, dude. Um, Got me through a lot of... <laughs> lonely nights. A lot of spring break. <laughs> Um, the, the remote control spring break, they would put them on the edge of a swimming pool or uh, something like that. And when they eliminate them, they just dump them in the water. Yes. They would have celebrity guests that would sometimes be the host, like Weird Al, LL Cool J, MC Hammer, people like that. Sometimes they'd have them play for charity. They had, uh, you know, different people, like the, the the Brady Bunch actors came on, they played for charity. The Red Hot Chili Peppers played for charity. I remember that one, dude. Yes. That was a fun one. Yeah. They you know, it was. They would just have all kinds of people just pop, pop in. They made a video game out of it. They had all kinds of They gave everybody who lost the home vi- the home game. But yeah, there was a, well, they had a board game, and yeah. then they would give them the video game at, at, towards the end. So, I mean, that was kind of a innovative. I mean, you, you kind of see hints of that in game shows now. Yes. But that was like one of the first of its time. Then we're going to talk about, to kind of wrap up here, because we're, we're, we're going a little long, but, I mean, there's a lot to cover. Headbangers Ball. Headbangers Ball. Headbangers Ball was awesome. Headbangers Ball, I think, helped revolutionize my genre of music. I Yeah, I think so, too. I, you know, I can remember that was, a lot of times, that was my first exposure to really... Good metal music. Yeah. That wasn't the big, you know, you think about metal music that was popular, Metallica. Metallica. Megadeth. They played, they played a lot of Metallica, a lot of Megadeth. Typo Negative got their first videos on Headbangers Ball. And mm-hmm. when I seen them, I'm like, who the fuck are these vampires? Yes. Who is that gigantic man? Yeah. And yeah. he actually had fangs. Yes, he did. And I'm like, dude, this is the scariest video I've ever seen. I love it. But they, I remember... Um, I remember that's how Romanson got his start, mm-hmm. and he was because he was on Headbangers Ball in the crowd, and Ricky Rackman interviewed him. He's like, "Yeah, I'm in, you know, such and such." He was in Spooky Kids, yeah, a band called Spooky Kids. But his, he's like, but um, it was after it was after Spooky Kids, 
Okay. He was t- it says whatever his actual real name is. Brian Warner. Yeah. He said, I'm Brian Warner. I'm in a band called Marilyn Manson. And he was probably, I mean, he had he didn't have the makeup on. He, you know, looked just like your average metalhead. So is this before, after, or during he, w- uh, well, he was on the Wonder Years? That wasn't him. So is it before, after, during he... <laughs> is it before or after he had his ribs removed so that he could... I think this was before he had his ribs removed. Okay. So okay. he could do his own... Yeah. House cleaning. <laughs> house cleaning, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Headbangers Ball, like you said earlier, Twisted Sister was the first uh, host of Headbangers Ball. Yeah. Dee Snyder was the first host. Then they kind of... It, it, and it used to just be... Interviews with bands, things yep. like that, more so than the videos. Then they brought in Kevin Seal, they brought in Adam Curry, and then finally, Ricky Rackman. Ricky Rackman, and that's the only, he's the only one anybody who's ever watched Headbangers Ball recognizes. He's the only one that you remember. Um, honestly, yeah. I can remember, he, wrote, he used to write for a magazine called Rip Magazine. I loved Rip Magazine. I used and to get that in the mail every month. Yeah, I used to get it from the newsstand. He always had the Headbangers Ball yep. column, and I used to read that. And rip, and it was say who the it had it was Rip. It was spelled with you know the it almost looked like like slashes yes. in the pages. Yeah, yes, that was a great magazine. But and they would Metal Edge. Yes, they would put the Headbangers Ball rock charts in magazines like Kerrang. Yep, and Sounds, and they would feature they they would talk about features of the show. So, Headbangers Ball kind of got MTV, at least the metal aspect, in other publications. Yeah, it got other eyes on it, saying, "Oh, what, what what is this? I didn't know this was on TV." And they would go check it out. It went on for like eight years, I think. Yeah, and then they tried to bring it back in MTV Two. Yeah, and it wasn't the same. And I think it lasted maybe a year. It, people didn't like it because it it wasn't the same. No, but bands that kind of you never heard of that that jumped in and got some some airplay halloween yeah armored saint wasp i love wasp uh grim reaper and then there was a tour and i can remember this tour it was uh halloween exodus and anthrax oh yeah i remember that tour they played i think they played some of that tour on headbangers ball and then they played uh, Megadeth and Suicidal Tendencies. Yep. They played part of their tour. Then, as it went on, you start getting The Cult, Faith No More, my favorite band in the world, Primus, and Jane's Addiction. Pantera. Pantera was on there, Pantera, yeah. Pantera was actually a theme song. Yeah, it was. Yeah, for Headbangers Ball. Yes. They shifted. They started playing more... Alternative, like Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden. Yeah, they were getting rid of the headbanger side and the metal side. Yeah. And then it kind of resurged when STP, White Zombie, and Tool. Yep. And they put them on there along with, you know, the usuals, Metallica, Megadeth, Pantera, Testament, Suicidal, and uh, Dream Theater. Dream Theater did not belong in Headbangers Ball. Then they started playing punk music. Ramones, Offspring, Rancid, Bad Religion. They, you know, they threw that on there, and they would kind of, I mean, they, they just, it was like they struggled to have an identity. Yeah. I think. Um, 
they were trying to be their own thing, but then music kept changing. Rock kept, or I guess rock, just rock in general kept changing. Yeah. Because you went from these thrash metal bands like Anthrax, Suicidal, Metallica, mm-hmm. you know, the, the San Francisco, or, or you know, the, you got the East Coast and West Coast metal bands to, okay, well, we've got these guys who are playing and they're just selling out theater or th- selling out stadiums. Okay, now we've got, shit, it's 1993. Here comes this band from Seattle that yeah. nobody's ever heard of. They're not glamorous. They don't fit anywhere. They don't fit anywhere. The guys are wearing flannels. You know, they don't, their, their clothes are ripped, but they have a great sound. Mm-hmm. And that was Nirvana. Yeah, the grungy. Yeah. Yeah. And so then you had the, the whole grunge era, which just killed metal. Yep. For, I want to say, 10 years. Mm-hmm. And then you had all these new bands that came back. I, yeah, it's, I'd say it was not even 10 years. Because you had... Shit, that was like 92, 93. And then metal died off. And I, I may be biased in this, but then Vulgar Display of Power came out. And White Zombie came out. And they with, with, brought it back. With, yeah, with Astral Creep 2000. Yeah. And metal was reborn again with a brand new insane sound. Yeah. It wasn't the high-pitched, you know, playing that these guys played, like Van Halen. You know, it was, everything was tuned down. Low, low end. And it was just, tuka, 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 tuka. You know, and you know, it just hits you in the chest. I wish you guys could see him do that duga 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 thing because he actually played guitar while he was doing it. Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah, he like got a little little power stance like duga 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 duga. That dime bag Daryl stance was like duga 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 duga. Yeah, well, that was quick. Yeah, yeah, you're pretty good at that. Hey, thank you. I played mean air guitar, dude. Yeah. Yes. So, kind of the end of Headbangers Ball, they started doing road trips where they would follow bands on tour. I remember that. Uh, they did the Moscow uh, Music Peace Festival. The Mos- yeah. They had Monster- Ozzy. They did Monsters of Rock, too, didn't they? They did Monsters of Rock. Yeah. Um, they had uh, Ozzy, Motley Crue, Bon Jovi, Skid Row, Cinderella, and Gorky Park. That was... Uh, what the fuck is Gorky Park? They were a Russian metal band. I'm going to look them up, dude. They're not bad. They're not bad. I just love the name. Uh, Monsters of Rock in Donington. They had... Uh, Alice. Monsters of Rock was always like Iron Maiden. Yeah, and uh, uh, Metallica, Metallica, ACDC, yeah. Slayer. I mean, if you if you've never watched Monsters of Rock, dude, get on YouTube and watch it because it's a. I mean, the whole fucking concert is insane, and they're all they're all a list. Yeah, know? I mean, they're they're all bands that you would go see individually, and they all played together. On yeah, one they're playing they're playing in the middle of Russia. Yes, oh, Donington, um, I think it was in England. Yeah, yeah. they played Don- in Russia Don- too. Live yeah. Donington was in England. I don't know where Donington is actually. Alice in Chains. Don- Donington's castles. So yeah, it's got to be in England. Yeah, my yeah, maybe Scotland. Might be Wales. It's somewhere over up across the pond. It's somewhere that's not Here. the United States. <laughs> it's not Nebraska. It might be Jersey. Um, Alice in Chains did a trip to Action Water Park. Dude, I remember that. Uh, Jerry Cantrell's wearing that Speedo. Yeah. <laughs> I was watching, I was going through, when I was researching everything, dude, I was, it was just playing and I looked at my phone and it was Jerry Cantrell and Ricky Rackman are sitting there and Cantrell's just sitting there. He's got this little tiny Speedo on. Oh, God. Uh, they went bowling with Soundgarden, skydiving with Megadeth, 
They went to Oktoberfest in Munich, Germany with, with Danzig. Oh, fuck, that'd be great. And then they went to Cabo Wabo with Van Halen. I would have said Guar. Now, I don't remember if Guar was on this show or not. Um, they, I, I think they actually hosted... They might have. Um, Headbangers Ball once. Because I know that Guar is more closely associated with uh, Beavis and Butthead. Yeah. But... But they, uh, that was when um, America Must Be Destroyed came out. It was when Headbangers Ball was... Yeah, I, okay, yes, they were. They Yeah, they were on it. Because I do remember Because they now. had the uh, the Morality Squad video on there. Yes, with, with uh, Edna Pete Grambo. Yes, and Have You Seen Me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, which is not a video for TV. In, anybody. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or, um, what is it? Um, the one Beefcake sings, Sad Whale Song. Road Behind. Road yeah, Behind, which, Road which is just a big making fun of Axl Rose. Yes. The whole video is just making fun of Axl Rose. So, about 95, the show was canceled. Uh, they Here, did, but it lasted over in Europe. Until 97. Yeah. But the, the show here, the show in the United States, 95, they canceled it. They did not warn the viewers. They did not tell the production staff. They did not tell Ricky Rack. No, they ended up calling him and said, don't bother coming into work. Yeah. Because you're done. You're done. Yeah, they just, they didn't tell anybody. They just canceled it and then they said, oh, guess what? Which is what they do to radio stations here. Yeah. They, they just, can't, they change format. Yeah. Right. The next day, it's done. Yeah. He actually got to, to film the final episode, but they just, yeah, they called him. They said, dad, don't, don't come to work next week. And they never told him why. Uh, they never said anything about it. They said that there was an outrage. So they actually put together a farewell show, and then they said, all right, fuck off. That'd be like, you're done. Ricky Rack may be one guy I would love to reach out to. That would be cool. It made, the, 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 the canceling of the Headbangers Ball, it made number four on VH1's 40 Least Metal Moments. They replaced it with Super Rock, but that didn't last, and then it just kind of fell apart. Well, Alternative Nation took over. Yeah. So, I know it was kind of a long, you know, we've been talking almost an hour just about this segment, you know. But there's so much to cover. After this is when music videos kind of went away. Yeah, they sure. They started playing yeah, Road yeah. Rules, yeah. Real World, uh, all the, the bullshit reality shows that they do now. And music is not a part of it. So this is when they were really weaning off of that. So we just wanted to kind of cover the glory days of MTV. There are many more glory days. There are many more awesome shows and awesome things that we could talk well, about. We had Singled Out, which is where Jenny McCarthy got her start. That's where I was getting confused. I thought she was on remote control. No, she was on Singled Out. I can't remember who was on remote control, but Jenny McCarthy was Daisy Fuentes on it. She was on something. She was, I think she was a D or VJ. Yeah, she was. DJ Fuentes was a VJ. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> different, different VJ. Uh, um, but yeah, I mean, you got that and you got Beavis and Butthead, which helped launch the career of White Zombie. And, you know, White Zombie, Guar, uh, yeah, a, lot a lot of, of the bands. Yeah. Uh, uh, Beavis and Butthead will be an episode. That's, yeah, that's an entire show by itself. I mean, you got so much shit on that. I mean, yeah. So if, if you ever get a chance, I mean, I know there's a lot of stuff on YouTube. Check out the early days of MTV. See what it was really like if you don't remember it, if you weren't there. What, any final thoughts on 
what MTV used to be and, and you know your 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 memories of it. M- MTV used to be my escape when I was a little kid. Yeah, I could watch MTV and I, I could just go in and watch you know just become part of the video mm-hmm. and you know just get away for an hour or two. You know, all day, all day. I didn't have to deal with anything but just watch music. I mean, music has always been a big part of my life, and so MTV is obviously part of that. Right. I mean, I'm not a musician by any means, but music has always been my go-to when I'm struggling or I'm pissed off, sad, whatever. Or even when you're when you're happy and you're having a good time, it yeah. makes it better. Yeah. It makes everything better. Music makes everything better. It, you know, it intensifies whatever mood. Yes. Or it will bring you out of whatever mood that you're, you know, if you're... That was one thing that always pissed me off, was they said, you know, if you guys are listening to this heavy metal, it's going to make you suicidal, or it's going to, you know, you're going to be in a bad mood all the time. No. You listen to heavy metal, You anything that just pushes you, or moves you, it's going to raise your endorphins, it's going to put you in a better mood. Right. So, listen to heavy metal. Listen to music. Listen to whatever, whatever you, you want. Yeah. yeah. yeah you know, it, there's no. I mean, this is gonna get get kind of, you know, preachy, but it's it's all inclusive. I like all kinds of music. You like all kinds of music. I blame you for that. Well, that's okay. Well, I mean, you've introduced me to a lot of new bands, but I mean, between listening to, you know, the you know the metal, which you know I'm a you know big I'm a big fan of metal. I listen to punk. I listen to. I listen to a lot of old school outlaw country. Yep, yep. Um, I just because I hate fucking pop country to me is not country music. It's seventies rock, and which is fine in its own way, but I just don't like it. See, I like aspects of all different kinds of music. I'll even listen to Garth Brooks. I like Garth Brooks. I yeah. like George Strait. Yeah, you know, and they deserve their spot. And say you know into the MTV genre of the. 70s or 80s and 90s. Yeah. You know, a lot of people don't like that shit, but, you know, you you can't just listen to one thing, one style of music and say you're a music expert or you're a musician. I mean, I guarantee you, you got, like, say, Nikki Six. That dude is very well-versed in a lot of different genres of music. He would not be who he is today if he just listened to, because he was a big punk kid. Yep. If you just listen to punk, he would not have come out with any of the stuff he's written over the last 40 years. Right. If he just listened to one style of music. Even, I'd say, even, I'll go with Tim Armstrong from Branson. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you that dude does not listen just to punk. He he listens to, I guarantee, everything. Or at least a yeah. vast majority of it. From, say, reggae to country. Right. You know, one of my... I, I could, you know, I, I don't like to use the word idol, but someone that I kind of respect and, and even sort of look up to, Lemmy. Yeah. Lemmy, metal god, motorhead. He never said they were metal. We're motorhead, we play rock and roll. Yeah. But he was the definition of metal. He, he was the definition he of was, metal. He, he was like, metal. he was, which is, which is funny because him and Ozzy both are British. Yeah. And they're both the gods of metal. The thing is, Lemmy, for years, had a very popular 
uh, rockabilly band called Headcat. It is oh no shit yeah it's Lemmy on bass and uh, the, the, he was he was the head part of Motorhead and the cat part was Slim Jim Phantom on drums from Stray Cats. Oh wow! And they I mean they're fantastic. I've got some videos of them. They're fantastic. Well, if he would have said I don't know I play metal, that would have never happened. No. Uh, some great things have happened and I've I've seen bands cross over and do some fantastic stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so don't. If you take one thing away from this, you know, hour and a half that we've been babbling at you, I would say don't pigeonhole yourself to one, you know, type of music or one, you know, one genre. Expand your mind, expand your tastes. You might be missing something. Yeah, there's so much out there. I mean, I I can't even I could say talk shit about a lot of the new stuff out there today. Yeah. But just because that's what my wife and my kids listen to. I'll listen to it while they're in the car or whatever. And a lot of it's not bad. A lot of it's not good. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But, you know, I've got turned on some new artists. Yeah. Not something I'm going to go out of my way to listen to or download their album or buy their CD or whatever. But there's a lot of new shit out there. Like, I mean, like we found the, the Who. Yeah. These little Mongolian guys. They weren't little. They were big dudes. Yeah. These guys from Mongolia playing, singing in Mongolian. Yeah. Just doing their their version of what metal would be. On traditional Mongolian instruments. Yes. And that's the, the who, H-U, not W-H-O. Wrong who. They don't play the pinball wizard. They do not. I asked them. They will not play it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff out there. So check out everything. That's kind of what I think MTV gave us was a variety. Yes. You might not like what's on TV right now. Wait three minutes. It will be over. Maybe they'll play your favorite next. But you could be exposed to that and say, I've never heard of this. Yeah. Maybe I like it. Maybe there's something else they do I like. Uh, So I think that by playing all that music, they really expanded people's tastes and minds and maybe exposed some people to things that they didn't already know. And without MTV, we wouldn't have... Without without playing that the different variety of music, we wouldn't have a lot of the bands we have today. No, or even back in the nineties. Yeah, because we they, wouldn't have these bands because they didn't, you know, they, you know, what gave these kids that push to say, hey, you know what, I want to be a rock, I want to be a rock star. You know, they saw it. Yes, they said that I want to do that. That's what I want to do. Dad, go buy me a guitar. Yeah, and that's how I got my first guitar. Yeah, I, I saw. Uh, I, I, I first my first guitar I ever had was a bass. Yep. And the reason I got it is because I thought if you played bass, you could fly, you could breathe fire, and you could spit blood like Gene Simmons. That is not true. My tongue did not grow. <laughs> uh, it was bullshit. So I no longer have a bass, but I do have a guitar, and that's what, you know that kind of stuff inspired me though. Bass is my probably my favorite instrument. Bass is awesome. But I mean, a lot of bass players get a lot of flack. Yeah. But you cannot fly. Trust me. No, I thought you could. That you know. I mean, without bass players, you get you. We wouldn't have suicidal tendencies. We wouldn't have Tool. We wouldn't have Primus. You know, um, wouldn't have where Metallica's at today without the suicidal bass player. Yeah, and you also wouldn't have anything to dance to. Yes. You know that low end is what makes you move. That's what that's what strikes that you know 
that thing inside of you that's just like, oh, yeah, that is like a, a primal urge to move. Yes. And, you know, it really is. And I would have been a great bass player, dude. I have these short little stubby fingers. Uh-huh. So I'd be like... Yeah. That's what it would have been like. Just <laughs> just like that. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. because we next Les Claypool. Yeah. Yeah. That dude's on another level. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go ahead and wrap this up uh, because we've been talking for well over an hour about this and uh, with the other stuff. You guys might be sick of listening to it. So. Let's hope not. Yeah, we really hope not. But, so, for the Retro Renegades Pop Culture Power Hour, got it twice. I'm Mikey. I'm Corey. And we'll see you later. I want my MTV. Say goodbye, Corey. Goodbye, Corey. Jesus Christ. Thank you for tuning in to the Retro Renegades Pop Culture Power Hour. If you want to talk to the show, drop us an email. RetroPowerHour at gmail.com We'll see you next week.